the more segmented you can be, the more personalized, the more relevant you can be, the more buy-in they have, right? Because in their head, they're thinking, no, this, this doesn't apply to me. This doesn't apply to me. They're, they're finding reasons to not buy from you, right? Like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I need to save money on this. This is, this is too much. This is more than what we need, right? So you really want to be careful about that. So the more relevant, the more targeted, the more tailored you can make your demo to that person and their industry, then the, the more success you're going to see when you're running those demos. Hey everyone, George Soto here and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today we're joined by a good friend, Anthony Zhang. Anthony, I don't want to steal your thunder here. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about your career background? How the heck did you get into technology and startups and now VP of sales at another SaaS company? Yeah, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on. But uh, yeah, so Anthony Zhang, um, VP of sales over here at Tradewing. Um, I actually, so I started my sales career uh, when I was actually in college. I was selling personal training contracts um, when I was about 20, you know, just slinging uh, contracts across. But, um, you know, I think the thing that really um, got me into sales was, uh, really being able to provide a valuable service to my clients, right? So my clients were, um, you know, individuals um, that maybe had chronic health conditions, um, you know, aches, pains, um, you know, family history of, you know, heart disease and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I saw my service as a way to really help them improve their quality of life. And so when I, when I think about sales, that's what I think about. It's improving your quality of life, improving your role within your company, improving the bottom or the top line revenue, right? And so, um, you know, when we're offering products like that, I definitely, that's, that's what I enjoy the most. Um, and so I did things from, you know, uh, selling T-Mobile contracts, ad space in sports programs. Um, I did telemarketing for a while. That was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, my first uh, SaaS gig um, was actually at Pardot. And so this was circa like 2011. And um, I had originally wanted to be an AE over there. Um, you know, I had about three years of sales under my belt. I was like, I, I should be an AE. Well, Derek Grant, you know, who is my mentor, someone who I highly respect, actually shot me down at the time. He's like, you don't have enough DG, tech experience. What up? Yeah, he's DG. Watching this. DG right, exactly. I love Derek. He's a Florida State grad, by the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, you know, he did, he shot me down for the AE role, but he said, you know what, we do have something, it's a new department that we're starting. It's called the SDR. And this was before anybody really knew what an SDR was. And so, you know, I kind of ate a slice of humble pie. I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'm going to be the best damn SDR possible, get my foot in the door within the uh, SaaS realm. And so, you know, we, uh, we were really uh, fortunate to build um, what we know today as a cadence. We were actually building these things on a dry erase whiteboard. Um, and so, uh, you know, I did that. Uh, we were able to set up the process there, grew the team to about 14 SDRs. I was able to transition to an account executive. And that's really where I first learn how to do demos, do product demos, right? And all the kind of the minor nuances that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later today. But 
Um, you know, from there, uh, Salesforce had acquired us. And so um, at the time, I was also, um, you know, uh, talking to Kyle Porter. Kyle was actually shadowing me when I was in SDR at Pardot while he was kind of building SalesLoft in the background. And so when Salesforce acquired us, he kind of came to me and he's like, well, what are you doing now? Right. Like, do you want to stay with Salesforce or do you want to like build something awesome together? And I was like, well, obviously, I want to build something like awesome Kyle. together, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so um, he actually wrote me into being the first hire at Sales Loft. It was him, Rob, and Tim, and then myself. And um, we really just built the sales foundation from the ground up, the Salesforce infrastructure, demo flows. Um, you know, over my, my course um, at Sales Loft, I was fortunate enough to run over uh, a thousand demos. I actually checked and the, all the log demos. Um, so ran over a thousand demos at Sales Loft. Um, grew the team to about 12 account executives. I actually got the opportunity to hire Derek to be my boss over at Sales Loft, which was awesome. I got to uh, get a chance to work with him again. Um, and then I left right around the time where we grew to about 12 million in annual recurring. Uh, joined uh, QA Symphony for a little bit. I was the head of sales uh, development there. Um, I've ran my own sales consulting firm where I was able to kind of build and scale and grow sales processes for about four portfolio companies. Uh, my most recent stint was at Fat Merchant, um, and uh, we were able to uh, grow the headcount from four to 50 employees or 50 um, reps in sales, the sales department, um, up to 25 mil in ARR, and then for, uh, fortunate to have uh, Greater Sum Ventures come in as an exit. Um, and so that led me now to Tradewing, where uh, we have a team of about eight account executives, one sales director. So uh, it's going to be a big year, big fun year for us. Nice, nice. Dude, you just really got me fired up. It's sort of nostalgic. Let's yeah, talk man. a little bit about the demo. You know, that's, that's near and dear to our heart here at Reprise. Where do you go to produce a demo and kind of what's that process right now as a sales leader? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing, you know, when, it, when I'm looking at, at companies to join, the first thing I asked is to see their product, right? I asked to see if there is actually a, something to demo. Um, and I also want to be proud of demoing that product, right? I don't want it to look like it was built on Windows 95. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to show you a demo. Just imagine it works this way, right? Like, you want to be proud of the demo. So I think, you know, first, be, be fortunate enough to, to be with an organization that you're proud to show a demo of. Um, hopefully, you know, with your organization, you, you do have a demo instance, right? And you're not working out of a live instance. God forbid you're working out of a live instance. So definitely make sure you want to have a demo instance. Um, with that demo instance, typically you want to create a, a controlled environment, right? So uh, making sure that, you know, all the buttons are where they should be, all the, all the things, the functions work as they should, right? Um, and then you want to create a story. And I think that's the main thing is don't go into a demo. And I'm sure plenty of people have heard this before, but don't go into a demo and just show up and throw up, right? It's just like, here's a feature, here's a feature, here's a feature, but really get people engaged by telling them a story. And every single story needs to be different depending on who you're talking to. What is their role? Are they a manager? Are they a user? Are they an executive, right? They all care about different things. And so you kind of want to play the part of that individual to have them envision them being in the product and using the product and imagine if, right? Um, so I think those are some of the keys to, to producing a demo. Um, in order to do that, you have to lay down a, a strong foundation. Right. And so um, here at Tradewing, you know, one of the first things that I did was um, set up a, a kind of a playbook to running demos. 
right? And so the first mm-hmm. thing is you got to understand your buyer. You got to understand your ICP or your persona that you're shooting a demo to, right? Again, are they a user? Are they a manager? Are they an executive? They all care about different things. Then you want to think about the common scenarios, right? Like what are the most common use cases that this particular persona has? So as you're building your story, make sure you're covering about 80% of your bases, right? Now they're going to come up with another 20% on their own. Um, also and understand the have- common... Well, I had a quick question for you. Do you have like a, a demo for the hospitality vertical versus yep. the finance vertical? And then also, do you have one for like SMB, let's say maybe not SMB, maybe mid-market versus enterprise? Yeah. The more, it's just like email, right? Like the more segmented you can be, the more personalized, the more relevant you can be, the more buy-in they have, right? Because in their head, they're thinking, no, this, is, this doesn't apply to me. This doesn't apply to me. They're, they're finding reasons to not buy from you, right? Like, oh, this doesn't apply to me. I need to save money on this. This is, this is too much. This is more than what we need, right? So you really want to be careful about that. So the more relevant, the more targeted, the more tailored you can make your demo to that person and their industry, then the, the more success you're going to see when you're running those demos. Fantastic. And, you know, when you're sitting there thinking about those stories, you put those things together, you're doing that as the sales or leader, right? Or the sales mm-hmm. organization, right? Yep. What about the interface with marketing? Are you bringing in product marketing or are you collaborating with them on those things? Yeah, um, I think there's there's always that feedback loop with product, right? It's it's making sure that we're also we're showing the relevant features, but when things come up that we're maybe caught off guard with or we're unable to show, that feedback is that much more important to go back to product. Hey, you know, over the course of the week, um, you know, uh, out of all the demos we showed, this one thing came up the most with this industry or with this persona. Right. So is there anything we can do? I think that product feedback is crucial. A, it's going to help you win deals. Um, B, it's going to show your prospects and your buyers and your customers that you're listening. And then C, even if you don't close the deal then and there because you missed that one feature, you didn't have it at the time, come back around. Hey, George, guess what? You know that thing that you really wanted that we didn't have? We have it now. Let's let's jump on another call. and Let's show you how that works. Gotcha. So you collaborate with product marketing, you get the story, and then you approach who the the engineering team. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that a huge process? Like, they have to spin up a new instance. How does that generally work? Yeah, well, it can be right. So I think it goes back to uh, aligning with the 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 mission of the product and the company. Right, the company is is we're we're building solutions for our customers. We're not building cool things just because we want to build cool things. We're building cool things because people are asking for it, right? And depending mm-hmm. how heavily that, that we're asking for it and what revenue we're missing from it, I think that creates a case to go back to your product team and say, hey, you know, over the course of this last week, over the course of the month, this one thing came up the most, right? Now, I'm sure there's going to be other features and requests and all that kind of stuff, but pick maybe the top one, two, or three things that came up the most because I think the, the entire company is aligned around producing revenue, right? In order to produce revenue, we got to make sure we build the product that our customers and our uh, prospects want. Gotcha. Yeah. Because one thing that I think a lot about is like, all right, you know, engineering has got a bunch of stuff going on, you know, getting something like even design work from like, you know, design can, can be take longer than, than I'd like. So I always think about like, what are some ways that we can talk to the technical team so they can build this thing out? Or if I need a custom one that we didn't have uh, previously, how can they do that? Let's talk a little bit about, you know, sort of the, 
the process of onboarding and training uh, your sales reps uh, on this demo? What are some best practices you've seen that work in this case? Yeah, it's it's baby steps, right? You got to take baby steps. I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made earlier on in my career when I was training sales reps was basically like, hey, shadow me, watch what I'm doing, say what I'm saying, right? And essentially, you're just creating robots and you're not actually teaching them on what they care about, what they should know. And so if somebody asks a question that's not a part of your script, all of a sudden they're stuck and they're lost, right? So um, I kind of I kind of look at it as like molding a block of clay, right? You think about that. So you think about your product, right? All the features, bells and whistles as this big block of clay, right? And then when you start understanding your buyer, your industry, what they care about, now you're molding that clay into a rough figure, right? It has a rough shape. You know, you're taking off pieces that they don't care about. Um, then when you run the demo, that's when you start molding it even more and refining it and making it exactly what your buyer cares about, right? And so you have to make sure you take it step by step. First thing is train them on all the features, train them on all the bells and whistles, ask them questions like, what does this feature do? What does it not do? right? Um, where do you find this feature? Kind of do like a scavenger hunt, right? One of my sales leaders over here at, at Tradewing does, does a demo, demo scavenger hunt where it's like, find this feature, right? And it's, it's great. I love that. That's awesome. um, and then ask, what are the various use cases of this feature? Why, right? And that's the most important thing. Why should they care about this feature? Don't just, you know, say, show this feature, it does this, but why does it matter to this particular buyer or to this particular industry? How does it impact them, right? Um, and then once you understand those things, now you're crafting your story, right? Okay, great. Now here's how we tell the story for this buyer, or this industry. And then you give them that framework. Don't give them a script, give them a framework, give them a guide, right? Here are the typical things you typically want to show and the typical things you want to talk about. The last thing you want to include is um, what I call leading the witness, right? I, I use this a lot, but it's breaking your demo or your story up into sections, right? So think about breaking your entire demo up into different sections. At every single section, figure out a question, an open-ended question that impacts their business that will drive them to that particular feature, right? You're leading the witness. You already know you wanna talk about this feature, but I'm gonna ask you a question that's gonna drive me to this feature. And it's also gonna help me understand if this is actually a relevant feature for you or not, right? Absolutely, that's awesome. Now. Big question, we train, we onboard, and then it's like, they don't listen. How do we get folks to listen on the team and follow that process most of the time and not just go rogue? <laughs> yeah, I think that's starting early, right? I think it, it starts with the foundation. It's, it's doing uh, role play, it's doing demo certifications, right? It's making sure that they at least understand that 80% that we talked about, right? And then adding their own flair and, and, and personalization to the rest of the 20%. But um, some of the things that we've done in the past, especially at SalesLoft, one of the things that worked really well um, were ride-alongs and they were in phases, right? So the first demo, was always the manager running it with the rep sitting shotgun, right? And they would take notes, they would watch, they would listen. And then after the demo, you guys would review together. What'd you hear? What'd you notice? What were some of the highlights, right? Then you do that a couple of times, you switch roles. 
now the the new hire is in the driver's seat and the manager's in the passenger seat, right? And now the new hire's running the demo, maybe the manager's on Slack or maybe whispering in things to say or sitting right next to you and saying, hey, say this, say this, right? So you're still getting that type of coaching, right? It's almost like um, driver's ed where it's like the person's kind of, the other person kind of has the hands on the steering wheel as well. But um, once you navigate through that, then you set them up on their own, right? And you do a play review afterwards. So always make sure you're recording your demos. That's probably the best thing you can do, but make sure you're recording your demos, let them run on their own without a safety net this time. But then after the demo's over, set up about a 30 minute call with them to say, okay, let's review this real quick. What do you think went well? What are some of the things that we're missing, right? Awesome. Now, we like to think here at Reprise, you know, we, we, we like to think that there are different versions of the demo. There's a demo that sits on your website, right? There's a demo that your SDR does, you know, maybe a harbor tour, right? Versus something that the AE certainly versus something that the SE would do, which, you know, in many cases might even be a, you know, more sort of complex uh, proof of concept, right? You know, what have you seen throughout your career? Are, it does, is, is this statement that I just made correct? Like, do you see yeah. certain ver- different versions of the demo? Yeah, I, I think for the most part, you know, as we talk about SDRs, um, I think SDRs need to have a good understanding of the product. But where SDRs, I think, make the biggest mistake is when they know too much and they want to sound very educated and certified and smart on the phone. And all of a sudden, this drives the prospect away, right? They're like, all right, this is too much. This is getting too deep. And so as an SDR, number one, it is important to understand the features, the functionalities, the capabilities of your product. But number two is to keep it high level enough to create enough curiosity to bring them to your AE, right? So the SDR is almost like, you think of it like the trailer of a movie, right? Like you give them all the highlights, like, yeah, we can do this and we can do that. And it's actually really cool. Let's show you on a demo, right? Making sure that our product fits the capabilities of what they need. Now, when the AE comes on board, this is where we start handing off the baton, right? Kind of like a relay race, you're passing baton. Well, in a relay race, you don't just throw the baton and hope somebody catches it, right? You feed it to them, you hand it off to them. And so as an SDR, you wanna say, hey, these are some of the things that George cared about. These are the things that some of we talked about. These are some of the challenges that George was experiencing. And so, you know, we're, ideally we're gonna show you a couple of these different areas that can help you with your challenges. And so that tees the account executive up to continue to ask questions, understand kind of the basics of what we're going to show, but continue to ask questions in case we need to uncover additional things that we, uh, features, functionality that we need to show the prospect or the buyer. Um, Same thing happens with the sales engineer. As we get more technical into the product, right? That's where the account executive now becomes the quarterback. So the account executive still has to schedule the meeting, still put the meeting on the uh, um, calendar, still make sure we got all the relevant buyers, the decision makers, right, on the call and then tee it up for the sales engineer, right? Here's some, here's some of the things that we talked about. Here's their use case. Here's what they need. Uh, and then pass it on over to the sales engineer to get into the weeds a little bit further around some of the technical nuances that they may require for their product. Awesome. Anthony, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking yeah, the time. Quick and then final question. What's one tip that you would give folks out there around improving the demo today oh man just one well yeah let's stick with one for now <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, and... <laughs> I'll just stick with one i got i got a ton but uh, i'll stick with one um that's a good question I, I think the one thing 
that you can do today that will impact the rest of your demos is do not show all your features as much as you want to. Don't show all your features, only show the relevant features that they care about. Again, that's understanding their industry, understanding their role, and then also asking relevant questions, right? You can only understand what to show when you ask relevant questions for them to feed you and guide you throughout the demo. Awesome. Quick question around that. Does that mean that we should show a demo that also has the data in there that aligns with their vertical, or maybe that doesn't necessarily matter? That, uh, if you can, that's always a plus, right? Again, the more uh, you can kind of hyper-personalize your demo to match what your prospect, your buyer is doing, right? The data points. Why? Because they care about best practices. Hey, you want to look at this, and this is why you want to look at this piece of data, right? This is how it's going to impact you throughout the day and how it's going to impact your organization. Awesome. Anthony, thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. It's great to see you. It's been a long time. I remember those early sales loft days. Do you yeah, remember man. I had Kyle, this is maybe eight years ago yeah. on my, my YouTube channel. Yeah. And he was saying really uh, uh, fantastic things. It was really funny, Absolutely. but uh, phen uh, phenomenal to see you again. Thank you so much. If folks want to actually follow you on social, maybe connect with you and learn more about what you're up to and your content, what are the best channels to reach you? Uh, LinkedIn uh, is probably the best channel. So just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, not too heavy on Twitter. So uh, LinkedIn is probably the best. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, have fun. <laughs> You're about three hours north of me in Orlando. Yeah, I man. We got to kick it. In. Absolutely. I'm going to come out. I got a bunch of family in Orlando. Of course, my mom's in the Tampa area. So yeah, uh, I will check you out. You going for the bucks this weekend? Oh, I have to. I got to keep you it go. local, right? For sure. <laughs> I love and it. Brady is like, forget it. We right. will, uh, we'll, we'll sort of uh, pull back from turning in this this into like demo slash sports talk. <laughs> sports. But yep. I, I talk way too much. I'm a little brokenhearted about the heat right now. So yeah, absolutely. You know. All right, brother. Appreciate All right. it. Have a great night. Thank you. Or I should Take say care. morning, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll see you, man. Bye.